Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with Self Care with Gracie. And um, welcome back to us all. I, I had a podcast a couple of weeks ago of just um, of this, of explanation of why I have not been here. I've been, I was on maternity leave for a while. A lot of you know that. And then I came out of maternity leave thinking that I, now that I had Jonah in part time daycare, I like magically all this free time would open up. And it's been really disorienting because I actually feel like I have less time and more things to do and finding this groove of like what, what um, real postpartum life looks like and what does it really mean to be a working mom has been challenging to say the least. Uh, self-care is the thing that is guiding me through. In this past month, I've had the flu. Um, Micah, my partner, has had like a, a really bad gastrointestinal bug that took him out for about four days and now he is on the flu for a week. So I, I, I really don't know what I would do without self-care and I feel even more committed to this path of exploring what it really means and um, and really believe that it, it is a conversation that we maybe are not going to get to the bottom of what self-care means in one clear definition, but that the more we have this conversation and show up, the more that we're going to learn and the more we'll practice it with ourselves. And so in that spirit, I have a, a guest today who I'm very excited to have with us here, and um, it, it is Damula, Damala and um, Damo, will you pronounce your last name? I want to make sure I say it right. Aptikin. Aptikin. Don't worry Damala Aptikin. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you for being here with us, Damala. Good to be here. And I know Damala um, from way back. I think it's been about eight or nine years since we did our yoga teacher training together, like the very first moment that I was like, I think I want to teach yoga. And I, I showed up for this 30-day intensive, and Damala was there. And so we've known each other a really long time. Yes. It has been a while, hasn't it, <laughs> since we did that training together, 2009, I think. Um, 2009, but yeah. wow. Yeah. And we've, we've gone a lot of different ways with that. Right before we hit record, we were chatting about the, um, how we both started in teaching the group yoga classes, and now we've both gone into a very different places in our own path of, of teaching and working with healing. And so um, I'm excited to explore more of what that means for, um, for you, Damala, and, to, and see what insights come forth. So I'm going to read your bio here, which has more information about where, where you've been taking it, and then we'll launch in. So Damala is a healer who helps people with their, its energetic wounds to reclaim their light and replace their burdens with joy, love, and bliss. She works with groups and individuals to update their perspective in life, neutralize any energetic remnants of trauma in their energy fields, and help them create balance and flow in their daily life. Through her own healing process, she discovered that she is clear audience. She hears, guide, she, she hears clear guidance and started to work increasingly following intuitive guidance. She is also a 500-hour certified yoga teacher and Reiki master, has over 100 hours of healing, movement, meditation, and workshop teaching experience in private sessions and group classes. She is the creator of the website and blog, A Drop of Ohm, Chakra Bliss Healing Sessions, Resilient and Mindful Stress Management and Meditation Workshops for Kids and Young Adults, and a new kind of exploratory movement she calls Mantra Dance. She is the mom of an awesome, funny, and curly five-year-old daughter. Her life oscillates between playing Barbies with her daughter and teaching and creating bliss-filled healing, movement, and meditation journeys. You can run into her in her hometown of Durham, New Hampshire, or connect with her over the phone or Skype. You can find out more about her offerings on her website, adopavome.com. So I love your bio. Thanks for writing that so beautifully. Thank and you. You're welcome. Um, so tell, 
I want to hear more about you. And I, I mean, it could start from before yoga teacher training or maybe after that, but how have you gotten to this place now where you are working in people's energy fields? And can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Yes, yeah. I mean, it's, um, well, my daughter was born in 2012. So I did the yoga teacher training with you. Um, in 2009, and before then, I feel like in a past life, I was in a corporate um, corporate job doing management consulting and you know, finishing my MBA and whatnot. Um, but so the yoga was the first stop, I feel like, in the journey of discovering what it means to be in, in my body. And then came motherhood, and lo and behold, uh, yoga no longer worked for me. <laughs> In the, in the sense that I am um, um, connecting it to what you do, um, Gracie, in terms of self-care, I don't think I knew what it meant to care for myself before becoming a mother. And I didn't realize, um, look, I would do enjoyable things. You know, I would go take a massage, do a manicure, pedicure, or, I mean, um, but it, it wasn't like a a consistent, well part of practice and um, not just indulgences, but in terms of caring myself. Um, and I didn't realize that I needed that until I became a mother. I completely got depleted <laughs> emotionally and physically. And then I came to a point where like, I couldn't not care for myself. So then, because I lost my connection to my body, I had an emergency C-section, and it was just painful to practice yoga. Uh, painful in the way that um, I had this beautiful yoga practice <laughs> before I was teaching prenatal yoga, you know, teaching nine, ten classes a week, and I just I felt really good in my body, and I, I felt like um, I could move the different muscles. I could like. Um, send a signal from my brain down to my big toe, and it would listen. And then all of a sudden, it wouldn't. It wasn't listening, or it wasn't. Just there was something disconnected. So I found myself holding this beautiful light being in my arms, and not being able to connect with, first of all, myself, and with her, my daughter, the way I wanted to. Um, and at the time, I remember saying to my husband, I was like, I know what I'm supposed to feel like, but I'm not feeling it, you know? Um, and it wasn't that there weren't any joyful moments. Yes, there were, but I was in this pit of darkness that was, I was getting more tired each day. I was just getting more depleted each day. So then there came a point where I... I I don't know how I did it. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get myself out of this. And um, maybe that was my intuition starting to speak with me. Um, because the thing that motherhood um, or any significant change in your life um, does is it just brings to surface everything that you need to deal with in yourself and in your relationships. And I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but for me it was, it was the truth. It was just bringing to life everything that I hadn't tended to up until that point. So then I went into this search of creating 
routines and things and practices that would work for me. And I was pretty hungry at that point. I was like, I would, I would go for anything that I could reach at. I would read books. I would search online, listen to interviews, just anything and everything um, because movement and even meditation was out of the picture. So the first thing for me was the mantra work because I found that was something I could take my 108 bead mala in my hand and I could do it as I was nursing so I didn't need the extra time. And it began to just calm something down in me, just having the the mala beads and just chanting Om Shanti Om over and over and over and over again. Just something began to shift and an ease began to come down. And then I discovered crystals. Crystals meaning um, stones and crystals, um, uh, minerals that you find um, from quartz to lapis lazuli to other types of different stones. And I started to experiment with them. And I remember the first time I did it, I went through this just intuitive meditation with the crystals on my chakras and I woke up or I came out of it and I was like, this feels like relief. This feels like lightness. Um, so that was the beginning. And then, I mean, things began to evolve, and I, I started to work with other people, and I started to teach what I did with crystals um, to other people and so on. But in, in, in an essence, um, it all started with my need and um, wish to care for myself better. Thank you for sharing all of that. I, uh, I know I related to a lot of parts of what you're talking about, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening did as well, of what does it mean to, to really feel like you're supposed to be having one experience of life and then something else really happens. And it, it's like, it, it, for me, it kind of feels like when I lose touch with myself, and how do we reclaim that connection again? And uh, I've, I've, it's interesting that we're having this conversation now before we hit record. I was telling Damla, like, I just feel like Micah's had the flu. I'm trying to figure out a lot of work stuff right now. And I, I feel so depleted. And it's like a different kind of depletion than I ever felt before I had a, a baby. And, and yet there's something so powerful within it because it, it like you said it, it's just bringing the surface stuff that was already there that maybe it never needed to come up before but like it's stuff in my own emotions that I haven't dealt with before and um, feelings of like scarcity that I like I really want to look at and it's I, I'm not upset that any of it's happening because I feel like what's coming to the surface is is really powerful and um, and I was really intrigued by what you said around your intuition. And so I'd, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about what the intuition is and yeah. how, um, how to recognize that. Because it's, it's something I hear a lot from people is like, I want to trust my intuition, but I don't even know what that means because I don't think it is sort of that thing in your brain. And then how, how are, do you use that in your self-care? Yeah. Um, again, that was something I didn't know to tap into. And it started with my pregnancy it just was this sort of um, heightened feeling. Like when I was walking down the road, I would just sense and feel the energies of the people walking towards me. And it's not um, 
you know, don't think of it as, like we all do this, especially moms. Um, I think it comes, something comes over you with motherhood. That's one part of it. And then um, the other part is your connection with, with your kid. You're always going to feel what they're feeling. Um, you're sharing the same, um, or you've sort of borrowed some stem cells from, from your child. So you'll have cells that react to each other. So there's that connection. Um, and then think of the, um, the experience of walking into a party. Okay, there are all these different people. And then even though we don't always tap into it, we always know if this is a relaxed and fun environment or if it's not. So there are things unsaid hanging in the air, which is we don't end in our bodies. We have these energy bodies that um, are a part of our being um, that arise out of our physical electrical structure and go beyond. And those parts of our cell, uh, our um, anatomy interact with each other. So when you come together with other people, you're creating different connections. And sometimes we're more attuned to it. We're definitely more attuned to it with our families, um, with the people that we see every day. Um, but also, even without realizing, you, you know if you can be comfortable when you walk into a room. Or you know how, um, you know, some situations, you know how to hold back. So that's one way to think about intuition. Um, the other way for me was um, initially uh, working with crystals, I just didn't want to subscribe to any particular dogma. Or, um, or more, more than that, as I began to search it more, I would find a different explanation for the same crystal in various different books, which from the start told me that like, I don't know who to trust. I don't have to work with this. But then I decided to trust something, um, something else. I just decided to trust that um, this is something that comes from nature. And it is a, um, a structure, a mineral structure, that also has an electrical field around it. So the same way you would feel at a party drawn to a certain individual um, that you know you can have a good conversation with, um, it's the similar thing with crystals. So if you're holding them, you're either drawn to the energy or you feel like that's maybe not something for you at that moment in time. Um, so then I, I started to experiment with that, and that became the playground for me. Um, and at first, I was using a pendulum, and, and then I realized I really didn't need it. I could trust the feeling that I had as I was holding the crystals in my hand. And then that sort of evolved into um, I began to work with um, the, um, the chakras and sort of um, asking myself first with myself if I could notice what my chakra states were. And you can, you can already do that. You're telling me how depleted you feel, right? So that's one of the first things. Um, when the chakras aren't rotating properly, we, we have that physical sensation of stuckness or just life not flowing properly or something else um, that feels not okay. 
And then as I was working with the crystals, I began to notice like after the uh, meditation session, things would feel more open, more flowing. Um, and I would confirm it with using the pendulum. And I actually have these um, pages and pages of journals. I would actually record all of my crystal meditations and just record myself before and after. Like, was there a difference? Did I feel a difference? I mean, was I just, um, you know, doing a measurement to please myself or was it actually working? And yes, I would feel a difference. And then I started to do that with my clients too to measure. And then over time I realized um, I don't need the pendulum anymore. I can sort of tune into their vibration and, and sense and feel um, what's going on in their system with their permission. So, um, and, and now it's become an a integral part of my life in the sense that as I wake up in the morning, I'm like, what needs to happen today? So then I may get a hint. I may see a picture of, of one of the to-dos on my list. Or I may get, um, okay, don't do anything today. <laughs> Just go out, take a walk. Just, um, and then that little hint, um, some people have um, a feeling, some people see pictures, some people hear words. Um, and then that feeling grows stronger as you listen to it. And then as you ask more and more, and the way i found to work with that is um, asking very mundane questions first. Asking things like, um, what type of cereal should I buy today? And then you could hold them in your hand and feel what feels right. Um, there are various tests like muscle testing or using the pendulum, which I actually have an online course on intuition where I teach using those. Initially, those are great. Um, but then like everything else in life, uh, over time you develop um, just working with um, like whatever is coming up inside of you. So it's become, um, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I didn't expect to come out of being pregnant <laughs> and being a mother, but literally that point of um, like I needed a, a guidance mechanism to to go what to do to to look at my options and to choose what to do next. And I was at a point where um, you know I had tried the other method. I had tried doing the MBA, going into the corporate world, and doing it the regular way, and it didn't work, or even yoga. <laughs> and um, so I needed to trust what my soul was telling me. It's so interesting that it happened right after uh, you had a baby and went through pregnancy and childbirth, because I, I do feel like for me it, that it, it really shifted around how I felt connected to my body and to the world around me. There was something in there that... I still, I don't know how to put a, words on it really because it's, it is such a, a big experience of, of um, I think, femininity and, and creation to actually make a baby in your body and bring that out into the world. And uh, it does make sense that afterwards it would bring a reevaluation. And it's, it gives me hope to listen to you because I think I'm a bit in that reevaluation. But I, don't, I think that's the hard thing is when we start to tune into our intuition, we, we can often know that something is not right, but we don't always know what the clear path is yet. It's more like we just have to see a couple steps ahead of ourselves. 
and um and then keep walking and over time we we see like oh that was what I needed to transition to this next stage of things so I'm so happy that you found that that transition for yourself and and I guess I'm curious what is it like now that you've been um, teaching other people about these intuitive methods and practicing in them in your own lives like how did how has that changed your experience of your body and life and yourself right it's it's like this it's taken the pressure off before it used to be like I would go to teach a yoga class and I would take on this responsibility of I need to know to teach what exactly everyone needs in the class right <laughs> like I need to be the um, the savior and the creator and yada 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 um, and now it's humbling to think that okay I first of all I don't need to know everything I don't need to be the answer for everything but I can um, I can listen I can listen to whatever that um, my client's field is telling me and whatever guidance I ask and receive. So there's a bigger intelligence than my um, limited self has that we can tap into, that I can tap into and say, okay, I'm just going to follow the guidance. And that takes the pressure off from trying to make it perfect and trying to have the session go a certain way. It's going to go a different way. It can go a million ways for anyone coming through my door. Um, but then at the end of it, um, what comes up to the surface is what needs to be dealt with and what needs to be seen and heard and understood and transformed. Um, so in that way, it was just very, it was a relief. And also for my own life too, like I don't need to know every single step ahead of me. But I can, as I, as I was saying, I, I, between the moments of just getting up from bed and just awakening, I just ask like, what, what wants to happen today? And some days I'm able to do it, and some days I'm not, but then the next day I come back, I come back to it. And then we were talking about this earlier with you, Gracie, like, in running your own business, you don't always see the immediate results of your actions. So there's a leap of faith there. And, and then it just makes it a little easier when you trust that um, your soul is guiding you, that something, there's a consciousness in and around us that can help us and that can hold us. Um, and I, I'm not saying that this is my, I work with my belief system. Um, I do believe that we are not just our bodies. I do believe that there are energetic connections um, throughout our species. And I do believe that we have a collective consciousness that holds a lot of wisdom and healing energy that we, we each can tap into. Um, but like coming in, if you're someone coming in to work with me, like you don't have to believe all of that. Um, but I'm going to hold space for, again, what wants to happen. What wants to happen is usually um, whatever you are ready to see and hear and understand at that moment, um, which brings me to the, um, the energetic wounds 
<laughs> which are interesting um, because I used to think that um, in my work I work with the energy field and I work with wounds from childhood, um, adolescence years, even recent years. Um, and, the, and the wound is something, um, it's a traumatic event, but more than that it can be anything that's not loving or supportive. Um, any energy that wasn't supportive of uh, or appreciative of you growing up. Um, but interestingly though, recently what I'm finding is um, every moment, like you wake up that day, every moment, you may have had like, I don't know, years of therapy, months and months of energy work, whatever it is that you have had, you wake up that day and then at that point in time, something is going to come up. <laughs> you're going to wake up pissed or you're just depleted, just something is going on. And what I'm finding, Gracie, which I think is fascinating is um, when I look and work with someone in their energy field, um, we may go look back at a childhood event, but whatever is coming up in that event is going to be very much related to what you're going through right now. Like there is an energetic lesson there, which is why you are having this reaction as you wake up today. And, um, and people are often fascinated to see, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's what happened in my first divorce with my first husband, and now in my marriage, I'm going through a very similar thing, and so on. So then it becomes, the question is, why is this coming up right now? Why am I not seeing? What have I not tended to, and what action can I take to, um, to move through this? And as I move through this, how can I be okay with it? It's like what you were describing, like motherhood changes you, right? It changes you fundamentally. It changes your, your body, your relationships, your priorities. Everything is changed. And you're, you're in the process of defining your, your new self, if you will, and your new energetic self. And then in the meantime, though, there are all these ups and downs and the things that are coming up every single day. And how do you, how do you be with them? Um, which I feel is, is the whole point of um, just presence and awareness and all these tools and practices we have. Um, but yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm curious to mm-hmm. hear what you'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, just, you said so many important things. And, and um, I'm like, where, where, where do we go into all of that? But I I think what what feels like overwhelmingly true to me in, in what you just said is like having um, having a way to understand what's happening in our present moment that relates to the, what we carry around with us from our childhood or from the culture that we live in, and I think there's just a lot of limiting ideas and beliefs that we carry because of these traumas that are there. And um, and I think you're totally right that we don't have to, like, go back in time because we can just look at what's happening to us right now and where we feel victimized or where we feel un- like life is unfair or, or whatever it is that's not working for us and that we can work right there. That, like, exactly what – I think of life being very compassionate in that way. And I was I was lying there in bed last night at, um, 
and I was actually just like filled with resentments. So I was like, oh my gosh, I've not felt this many resentments in a long time. And it was, I was exhausted and I was resentful with my partner because he was sick and I'd been caring for the baby or doing all the night meetings for a week and resentful about like a whole list of things. And it was like the more I was resentful, the more things that were coming to mind. And it really hit me in that moment. I was like, oh, these are resentments I've been carrying inside for a long time. I was like, this, this, this is nothing new. This is all stuff, but it needed a it needed a place to come through. It needed a, t- a window in time where it was safe to process it and where I had the, the capacity to process it. And I was there and I was like, okay, well, let's let it come up was like the thought that I had for myself. And, and I was feeling so grateful in that moment, just like I'm so grateful actually through all of motherhood is to have a, a spiritual path. And that's, um, I know that can mean a lot of things for a lot of people. And, but I really see it as like there's this this evolution of understanding of self that is ongoing. It's never quite done because we don't can't quite comprehend the self. I don't think, at least not in this physical form. Um, not I'm, I don't think I'm going to be enlightened anytime soon. Um, but just <laughs> understanding. That's true. Yeah, you never know. I, I, I don't think it'll happen this month. But. Um, I, but I do, I kind of just like love being human though. Like when I read all these enlightened stories, I'm like, that's awesome. But I, I think that there's just something really beautiful about having that moment of awareness to be like, oh, wow, this is coming up. And instead of seeing this as a really horrible moment, to see it as like a powerful, like, wow, there's healing that's happening right now. And that was like the switch in the pivot that I needed to like go to sleep <laughs> instead of just like sitting there with all of my resentments. And I, I think that the, the the work of a lot of us to find a relief is to develop that spiritual path. It's not it's not what someone told us from the outside that you need to do this in order to feel good, and it's not following the prescriptions of society like you were saying. It, it wasn't being in an office for you or even teaching yoga classes, but it's it's having the courage to go deep into ourselves to see what feels authentic and what, what actually does bring genuine relief. And there's, there's a lot of power in that and it's not easy either um, as we go through it. So I, I just really appreciate hearing your, your story and how it's helped you to, I just, I hear a lot of like um, faith and confidence in, in what you're doing right now. And that's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I, I want to come back to the the part where you're talking about, yes, these feelings are coming up today, right? So you wake up or something has been going on like the week you had and then things are coming up. Um, but then there are, there are um, there's a way to be with that, right? Just like you're describing to hold that, not stuff it, stuff it down, not bury it down. Um, I think that's the day-to-day struggle for, for us as human beings. How can we be with whatever is rising up to the surface, <laughs> whether it be from childhood or whether it be from the, the current circumstances or conditions or the conditionings? Um, because one of the big conditionings is that um, you're not supposed to feel bad. You're not supposed to feel resentful, Right. You have this beautiful baby. You have a you great partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're not allowed to feel where you feel, uh, but you are, <laughs> which is um, just proven by the fact that you are feeling that. So, what if it's okay to feel that which you're feeling? And what if it's okay? I'm not saying like take action on it and just go ahead and hurt some people, but just allowing yourself to feel what you feel while supporting the body 
and the energy field and the nervous system. I think that's the difference between just getting um, surrounded or, or just swallowed by these feelings versus holding space for them and being with them. And being with them is a cultivated um, method because it doesn't happen overnight. There are going to be many times that you're going to fail, but then you come back to it. You come back to it. Because there's, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to be with these bodies and with these emotions. And who else is going to care for them if you don't care for it? Um, and also, it's, it's unfair to expect, actually, someone else to care for um, all of your needs, right? It's okay to ask for help, but ultimately, you're responsible for saying, okay, um, you know, my, my partner, my husband, wife, whatever, I'm feeling resentful or resentment because of this and this and this reasons. And he or she may not be able to do something right at that moment, but you're voicing something that's coming up for you. Um, so then it becomes an evolving conversation of what it is that you need, what is coming up for the other person in your life, and how can you be with not only your emotions and your situation and their emotions and their situation, um, which is also what motherhood is, right? There are all these things that your child is going to go through uh, from being sick to walking <laughs> to being in the playground like, um, or going to daycare the first time that he or she needs to deal with. And then your job is to be with, with them as they are dealing with these things, not deal with them, uh, with the stuff on their behalf, which is extremely hard to do. To see, <laughs> to you know, to be the um, space holder for your own child, and um, and I feel that's especially hard in relationships too. To say, okay, like it's not my job to heal you, it's not my job to um, make you feel better about yourself or make you happy even, but I'm here to listen, and I'm here to support you but you need to do the inner work and most of the outer work, <laughs> especially when children come into the picture, there's going to be less and less time and like each partner has to make their wellness a priority as well as their kids. Um, and then also tenderness comes to mind because, um, I mean, there's this idea that I've been, I've been playing with what if, um, what if there's no wrong, right? Um, in our actions, in, in whatever we're feeling, in, in everything that we do, say, and are, what if it's just it's an expression of our vibration and it just is? If we remove the label of good and bad, of the judgment, what would be left is just what is. And I'm not saying that, like, this gives you a license to treat people bad or just to act on your anger. Um, like, without doing that, um, can you perhaps move a little bit away from the self-judgment and say, whatever I did or whatever I'm doing is what I'm able to do at this point. And then the next moment, I'm going to 
learn a, another tool or a better one, and then I'm going to do better. And that goes with motherhood too, to look, not to look back and say, oh, I wish you know, things had been different or I could have done things differently. Um, no, I couldn't have. <laughs> now I'm looking back and um, it's just, it, it had to be my journey and my daughter's journey and now we're in a place where we're really close and we're connected and it's, um, that also takes work, day-to-day -day work. But also not saying, um, okay, what if there, if there is no wrong, um, can I perhaps show a bit more tenderness around this emotion that's coming up? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Everything you just said is so important. And, um, and I do think that the, the gentleness, tenderness is, uh, is just like first and foremost, that like we're here to have a human experience. And uh, I think sense of humor really helps too. I know in my relationship with Micah, like I, I feel very, very privileged to be able to be in a partnership where I, I can so freely express myself so when I'm angry he's known I like go back and forth between feeling so sad that he's sick and being there for him and then just getting so angry at him and it just can be so fluid and and the the only time I really suffer with it because he's like it's fine I know you're going through a lot just take care of yourself but the time I suffer with it is when I start to feel guilty and I think that's the thing that we talk about in um in Buddhism which I love this idea the concept of the second arrow do you know about this yes yeah. Yeah. Such a powerful teaching where it's like there's pain and suffering and that's life. And that's like what the Buddha taught is that life, you know, it's blissful and it's wonderful and it's also there's suffering built into it. And that, but the, the suffering that can be avoided is the second arrow. So it's like the first arrow is just the pain of life and the pain of having an open heart. But um, the suffering is when we like chastise ourselves for like needing to be different and wishing that we had been able to control our emotions or we shouldn't have exploded on that person or we shouldn't feel resentment and that that's the one that that really causes the most damage and that that's the one that also can be avoided and I think that's that has to start with like the compassion and tenderness for ourselves we're not perfect I'm not perfect I was definitely you know self-care teacher, yoga teacher, and lying in bed not able to sleep last night even though I was so tired because I was resentful. And so first just being able to laugh at myself a little, that always helps. Like, oh, the irony of this. And then um, being able to, like, give space for my emotions to be there just like you're saying. And um, and then not making myself feel bad about that. And, and I do think what you said about, you know, this is the work that, that everyone needs to learn how to do for themselves and no one will do it for us. And I know that there's some part of me that's still kind of hoping that someone else will show up and take care of all of this. And that's been <laughs> such, I say yeah. it's like you're waiting for the Prince Charming of like someone's going to come up and come over and take care of all my finances for me. I don't have to get that in order. Or someone's going to come in here and really show me that I'm worthy of love. And it's like not, no one can do that. Like that's the personal inner journey of like looking at like our own worthiness and taking responsibility for what we can take responsibility for. And, but, and it's so hard. I can already feel I want to do that with Jonah, but I don't want him to feel suffering and pain. Um, but then I also see the, the people in my life whose parents did that for them. Um, I think that they're, it's, it set them up in a hard way because it's, I don't think that they find that resilience in themselves as easily. And so I, I think of the gift that we can give to the the future generation, the people that we're caretaking for is to see how we handle stress and see how we 
trust our intuition, like everything you're saying, see how we actively rededicate ourselves to presence over and over and over again. And then they have a role model and an inspiration and like someone who can hold that space for them to become those people in themselves. And so it's, even though it's such hard work to detach, I do think it is the biggest gift that we can give to the people that we love because we in detachment, we trust them to take care of themselves. Yeah, and you also um, aren't putting yourself under the pressure of um, having to take care of everyone else. I mean, yes, there are the physical needs of your child and your home and everything, which you can share and everything, but um, you're not, you know what I mean? You are not taking on your partner or your child as a project. I think that's important. And I totally agree with you about the second arrow. The second arrow is just, um, that's the energy work. That's the healing energetic wounds because um, how are you waking up and how are you reacting to what's happening in you and around you that is um, sparking this emotional chain of reactions and then how can you um, change and shift those emotions, um, not by pushing them away, but what's underneath, what's underneath, and then how can I be with this while supporting my, my system, my body? and my energy field, which I feel is um, just exactly what the crystals are doing. Um, I work with tuning forks too, just as vibrational medicine, as well as techniques like EFT, emotional freedom technique, the tapping. Um, And I'm finding more and more just simple visualizations can get people from um, being in that reaction and repeating the story over and over to seeing the vulnerability in other people in that scenario. Um, I've been working with these high school students um, here on a course I call Resilient and Mindful. And um, so one of the things we did was imagining a scenario where, where they felt really, really reactive towards someone. And you imagine the entire scenario and everything, and then we, we um, give it a number, like how much reaction you feel. And then we begin to work with it, right? What else, how would um, that scenario um, shift or change if you were able to, when you look into that person's eye, see all the um, struggle, wounding, and you know the first error, right? Whatever life throws at them all of that that they've been through, and then the hurt, the pain, the struggle, everything. Like what if you didn't just see this moment where they've been reactive to you or there has been this interaction between you, but you see them in their totality, right? And they're not just the good and the bad. They're a combination. They're a beautiful combination of all of these things and all of these emotions and experiences that come up to the surface, and so are you. And the relationship between you is a dynamic one. The energy between you, just like you are, we are all quantum events. We are actually possibility clouds posing as bodies and um, energy fields. So what you are is changing moment to moment. What you are is changing depending on who you're in relationship with. And the energy between you, you can think of it as a cord or like two big circles like in, intersecting in the middle, the energy is also changing depending on whatever is going on. But what I've been uh, working with these high schoolers is like what if you 
changed your circle and the way you look at things so that the next time something like this happens, you're not just reacting, but you can perhaps stop for a moment and you can take an inspired action. So the purpose of, I mean, all of this work for me is just, you don't do it for the sake of um, being enlightened or, or, you know, just reaching a certain level of consciousness, which is great. I mean, if you do that, wonderful. But then how do you bring that back to your daily life? And how do you um, interact with yourself and others in that space? which is the best thing you can do, like you mentioned, Gracie, for, for the kids and young adults in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it is the work. And, it's, um, and we do need people to guide us in it. And so I'm so grateful for you and everything that you do. And I love that you're working consciously with high schoolers. I think that's like a great population to work with because I think we need, we need a lot of support, especially spiritually during that time because there's so much... Um, self-discovery that happens during those years and that can go a lot of different ways. Um, Well, I I would love to keep talking about all of this, um, but I think we need to start winding the conversation down. So I I always like to ask people who come on the show um, about what is your definition of self-care? Like what is, in this moment, what does self-care mean for you? Yeah, being okay with what is. (laughs) That's the name Mm. of one of my uh, workshops, actually. Um, being okay with what is means that you are responsive moment to moment to who you are and where you are at, and then you take it um, as it is without judgment, and then you find ways to support yourself going through it. And being okay with what is means that you're not expecting this moment to be perfect, but you're allowing it to be imperfectly perfect just the way it is. And being okay with what it means that you are um, taking the responsibility to shift and change your energy at any given moment, shift and change your perspective, um, and release the expectation that things need to go a certain way. So I'm going to leave it with that, I think. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I love it. it well, I, feel, I just feel so much relaxation when you say it. So it's like obviously my intuition is like giving you a thumbs up on that. <laughs> right. Right. Well, for, for the listeners out there um, who are connecting to your wisdom that you're sharing with us, uh, how can they stay in touch with you? I'm very easy to find um, the name of my website and blog is a drop of om, a d r o p o f o m dot com, and then I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram with the same handle a drop of om. Um, what I've been doing lately is um, I'm launching these weekly healing sessions, um, which will be um, which are intended to support your daily journey by giving your uh, energy field, that extra bit of tenderness and gentle care and support so that you can be present for whatever shows up. So that's one of the ways. Um, another one is to just to have a conversation with me. I offer 30-minute free chakra um, uh, assessments and consults. Um, anyone, anywhere is welcome to take uh, advantage of those um, over the phone or Internet. And... Um, 
I'm in the process of working on some online courses, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but for now, uh, I think these. Great. And I will also include um, links to your, um, your blog and your website and your social media on the show notes and on my blog as well when I post our interview. So, Dama, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I really um, I feel the, the work that you've done on yourself and the wisdom that that has brought forth and just really appreciate you sharing it with us. And I, I hope that everybody out there who's listening can, you know, even if you're still like, what is an intuition and energy? And if you feel at all like, like you don't know, then you're probably moving in the right direction. I think, as Emma said, just opening to it and trusting yourself um, and just showing up each day to see what happens is a great way to start. So, Damala, thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to connect with you, Gracie. And um, I love that we get to do this now. We just <laughs> take time to talk about life and healing and energy. Um, I'm really, really grateful for our conversation today. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's, it's the best. I, I feel very grateful for it as well. Okay, well, everyone, keep taking care of yourself, and I'll look forward to connecting with you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Thank you.